0: It's good to see everyone. Um, again, it feels like I haven't preached in a while. Uh, guys, uh, Andy said to me this morning. He said, "It's been a while, Dan. There better be fire." So no pressure. Um, we'll let we'll let God do that, Andy. So happy twenty, happy New Year, happy twenty seventeen. Uh, it's uh, I'm super excited about this year. I think every year I love the time of a new beginning. We're turning the page. We're forgetting about the old. And some of the stuff from last year is maybe still carrying into this year, but it's a time of resolutions. Who's made some resolutions? It's good to do that. Even if you stick for 10 days, try stick the whole year out. Um, Last year, one of my main resolutions was to read the Bible through in a year. And the problem is, I started reading it, uh, the year before I literally read just to, to kind of, I love like... Kevin, a little tick on that year of your life, you know? And I'd click then, tick the box, tick the box, and they're like, okay, I'm done. And I'd sit there afterwards and I've, I've got nothing out of this. I know it's never bad to read the Word of God, but I, and I, so what I kind of intentionally did last year was go slow. So, needless to say, I didn't finish the Bible in a year. I'm just confessing my sins to you guys. Uh, but the Word of God has gone deeper into me. And uh, so I, I think I've got a few things that I'm going to share in my heart. I think today's. Uh, more of a, of a heart message. of Before we even start thinking we're going to have a vision Friday in two weeks' time, before all of that, I want to get back to our hearts and why we're here, why we come to church on a Friday, why we bring our kids, even though it's inconvenient, why we wake up early on a Friday. For, for, I know for me, Saturday mornings is my sleep-in morning and, it's, and we don't have kids, so it's 9.30 is when the alarm kind of gets set off and those of kids hate us. But it's... it's it's good, to, it's good to have that morning, but you guys come on a Friday morning, and you come to seek Jesus. And I, I, that's just an amazing, amazing thing. So if you're taking notes, the next few weeks is going to kind of roughly fall into the category of year, year, of, year of life, which i explain a little bit later. And today I'm talking about life in the Spirit. That there's life that we're going to read out of John ten ten 10, that God came to give life. And life abundantly. The word for life there is Zoe, which is a, it's just an abundance. It's an overflowing, it's more than expected life that God has called us to walk into. So I'm going to pray again just because it's good to do that. Father, we, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, that your word changes us, that uh, your spirit comes alongside your word and, just, and, and molds us into you, Father. And I pray that that at the end of 2017 we'd look more like Jesus than we did at the beginning of 2017. I thank you for this community. I thank you for a people that have set their hearts on you, and I pray that we would grow in you this year. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to John 10, we're going to get there soon. It's good to be preaching again. I, 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 yesterday I was just kind of reflecting on, and spending time just thinking about just city lights. And it's just an immense privilege to, to, first of all, be able to have a community and help them follow Jesus. I mean, for me, it's not something that Stalin and I take for granted or the elders or the leaders of this church. We, we, we love you. I know I haven't met all of you and probably thinking, this guy's just strange. But there's a genuine, God gives a genuine love in our hearts. For the people of God. And this is, this is a community. And we had the plugged in moment. And I love, I just explained to them that the church is never meant to be about a venue. The churches are called out people. The word for church is ecclesia, ecclesia, which means called out ones. And the early church weren't called Christians, and I think sometimes we can just be called uh, Christians on passport, but we're actually, we actually followers of Jesus. We get into a community that follows Jesus, that loves Him, that does stuff together in the city, that changes the city. And I want to, at the end of this year, go, God, we have made so many strides forward, and we've literally changed hundreds, if not thousands, of people's lives, not, in this, not only in this city, but in the places that we have influence. And it cannot be four or five people that do it. It's going to take all of us being the called out people. And um, so I want to just share just a quick verse out of John 4:24 before we get to John 10. It says, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth, in the spirit and in truth. And I, I want to talk today to our spirits. I want to talk today to our hearts, to, to th- this, I don't know where our soul and spirit and all of that stuff, that people have different teachings on, all I know is that I'm talking to our hearts today. And I'm saying we need to, we need to align our hearts again with Jesus Christ. And if we want to do anything for Him, or, or affect the city, or, or, or make a positive change, it's going to come when we align our hearts with Him. So... Just to share a quick story, um, I started this year, we had family till about the 6th or 7th of January, which was last week, and you kind of, when you have family, there's always like an event happening each day. Those of you know who've hosted over December time, it's not a holiday, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's not stressful, but it's, it's you're, always, you're always thinking, and I, I spent time with God, but I hadn't had that moment that I have at the beginning of every year where I just wait on Him. So I started, I think it was about eight days ago, try, try to just have that, a, a long moment. And as I sat down, I felt like there was a disconnect between me and the Father. And I'm like, okay, God, just, you know, you go through kind of the, the sin. You're like, God, is there sin? Is there stuff that's caused, have I just drifted from you? And, and you work through all of these things. And it wasn't any of that. And, and it just came down to the point that my life had become so full of distractions. I'm sitting there, and I've I've got my Bible app on my phone, which is not the best idea. And I've since moved straight back to my papered Bible because there's less distraction. But then I'll be in the middle of my quiet time, and a text will come through. I think okay, I'll check it. Let me just quickly check. Okay, cool. Text. It's normally Ramsey. He's normally texting me at like eight eight thirty in the morning. Um, but then I'll be like, cool. Go to the next thing. And then there's always there's always something. There's always something to do. And then I found myself thinking, oh, I've got so much to do today. Let me just get those things done. Then I'll spend time with God again. And I just, I missed the whole point. And I, I could feel my heart getting stressed. And I could feel all the stuff that I want to have to do and have to do and have to get done. And the youth and moving the church forward and all of this stuff. And it just became a noise. And I felt God said, just quieten yourself before me. And who's, I don't know if anyone's ever done this, but try spend five minutes in Silence. In a city like we live in, it's very difficult. Switch your phone off, put on air- airplane mode. I'm not talking to you as someone who's got it right. I'm saying let's aim together at that place. And, uh, and quiet in our hearts. Find his peace again. And I've got a few stats here. At any moment, so this is not a stat, but I'm just going from experience, your laptop or your iPad or your iPhone, if you have that, or your smartphone. We'll have at any moment 10 apps open a, at a time. There's always something happening. I'm like, I'll just like double click my phone and I'll see like 10 apps open so I can close, close, close. Uh, there's, the average person spent, uh, spends up to 20 minutes, when they sit down on Facebook, they spend 20 minutes on Facebook. That's what the average usage is. It's never just a five minute check. They say it goes into 20 minutes and then you just go down that trail that gets, and then you can't get back, okay. Okay. Um, the average smartphone user picks up their phone 85 times a day. That's and this is this is proper stats. It's not uh, it's not like I got this on Wikipedia, okay? Because Wikipedia we know can be subjective. Um, the the average smartphone user swipes up to 2,600 times a day. So that's you've got your phone. And you look at something and then you're like, okay, I've already got like a whole bunch of messages here and reminders and all that stuff. And then the amount of times you touch your phone, that's an average user, 2,600 times. They say a heavy phone user. Who would say that they're a heavy phone user? Let's just, uh, <laughs> some are pointing at their wives. Uh, <laughs> you're going to be in trouble, Joe. Um, they say that up to 5,200 times, that's swiping, it's clicking, it's, it's liking, it's, it's on Instagram. That is crazy. If you work that out in your day, it's a third of the time that you're awake. And no wonder we cannot find peace in Jesus. And let's forget about all of that stuff. Let's add the normal life stuff, which has to be done. So you've got, I look at some guys who are owners of companies. You've got to run a company. You've got to look after your family, you've got to provide. There's all those stresses, but yet you've you've kind of you've added so much more onto your day that you're not even getting to that. Therefore, the, the time that you get to give to God is not even like a percentage. Stalin and I worked out that in a day, if if we if we go on the tithe principle of giving, okay, let's just say let's give the tithe principle of time with God. Twenty four hours a day, say twelve of those you're awake. Let's give one, probably more than 12, but it's just kind of round it to 12. Whoever's away for only 12 hours is saying wrong. But it's, let's just say you, you, go, you wake up at 7, you go to bed at 7, uh, you give God 1.2 hours in the day. Who do, no one does that. If we're being honest, I have the privilege of spending time in the Scriptures and with God. And even that, I know that I have distractions. There's always like, I've got to go check something at the office. I've got to meet this person. And I almost want to say, can we start this year and just wipe off all of the extra stuff? There's the stuff we have to do. There's work. There's all that stuff. We, we live in a busy city. I get that. But we can carve out, call it 15 minutes a day to 20 minutes and let it grow each day where we'll we're spending time with the Father. I remember Bill Hybels had this illustration where he, ha- he has his chair. He goes 15 minutes a day. He just spends either in silence, in prayer, reading the Word. Journaling is a great thing. Guys, if you have a, a learn to write with a pen. Sorry, learn to pray with your pen. Learn to write stuff down. It'll help your prayer life. It'll also answer, co- you might go back like two years ago and you're like, wow, I actually asked God stuff. I, I, I kind of, I always have those semi-journaling moments and I like to pick up a journal and like I write. And actually, I don't do it all the time or consistently, but I'm trying to do it more this year. Part of one of my disciplines I want to get in place. And I look back on some of the stuff that I wrote maybe two and a half years ago that we are now living in as a church. And for me, that was a dream. Stuff that I'll be like, why? Is that even possible? And God did it. And I think we need to start, again, just coming back to the simplicity of spending time with Jesus. There's, I've been listening to a great uh, p- a preacher, not really a preacher, more of a teacher from the States. His name's John Markoma, And uh, he says, so often in our modern church, we add to uh, the, the busyness of life that we like, someone g- comes and says, I want to follow Jesus. I want to surrender my life to him. We immediately tell him to go read the book of Romans and figure it out. Whereas up, up to 150, 200 years ago, they used to put the spiritual disciplines in place first before they started to say, okay, you better learn this doctrine, you better learn this doctrine. Actually, you need to learn to just be with the Father. And if we want to start, and for me, Bible, we need to read our Bible. So I'm going to get into this later. We need to understand the Word of God. We need to understand the intricacies of the Word of God. But we've got a lifetime to learn that. But where we need to start right now is in a simple place of finding a chair, finding a quiet place. The Bible even says go into a room and close the door. And the Father who sees what is done in secret rewards you openly. Find a place in Him where you can just hang out and learn how to connect with the Father again. And we're going to give a time of waiting and probably over the next couple of weeks at the end of our meeting, we're just going to wait on the Father. And we need to, in, in a city that is so rushed, that you wake up and immediately there's 50 things to do. We need to learn to have an unrushed life. And, unru- and me, even as a pastor, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, t- I'm going to be kind of laying to some of the, the elders and pastors tomorrow. And just understanding that I need to first be shepherded by the great shepherd. And learn to be loved by Him. And, and learn that He wants to lead me. He wants to lead Rom. He wants to lead Andy. He wants to lead us into still waters. He wants, to, he, he wants to make us lie down in green pastures. Because, and for me, from that place, God is going to start doing incredible stuff through us. And I've had, over this past week, an incredible few days of peace. I made a decision to not let things worry me that I, still know me. I tend to worry about things that I shouldn't. Uh, I've had over, over the years, just being honest with you guys, I've had like anxiety attack moments, if you want to call it that, where I've had heart palpitations. I went into an MRI. Uh, I th- honestly thought, there's a hole in my heart. I'm, I'm dying. So I, like, I don't have a will, we don't have much money, but there's something, there's something happening inside of me. And I let things, the external, start to affect my internal. And I think we need to start creating atmospheres in our lives, in our families, in our workplaces. If you lead people in that place where you are bringing the peace of Jesus into people's lives. If we don't understand how to find that place, we'll never see the peace of Christ reign on this earth. And for me, it's, so, yeah, I've had moments where that, and so I've had to learn to switch off. Learn to switch off and switch on to the Father. And get to the place where Jesus did, and he says, that I only do what the Father tells me to do. There's so much that you guys can do in your life, but there's only a few things that are gonna last into eternity. And I feel we need to to grip hold of those things with both of our hands. I wanna read a scripture out of John 10. Starting verse one, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber, but he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he has uh, and when he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will, f- but they will flee from him, for they do not know uh, the voice of strangers. Then in verse 9, it says this. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and I will go in and out and, f- and find pasture. And verse 10, which is what I want to focus a little bit on today, about finding the life in the Spirit. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. And this is speaking. Jesus speaking about himself. I'm the good shepherd. And the, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And for me, the amazing thing, first of all, is that in verse 4, it's, it's Jesus leads us. Can we commit our hearts to following Jesus? And uh, I've been... Just again, listen to a few different pastors. But if you, th- if you, the days of Jesus, Jesus was known as a rabbi, a teacher. Um, he, he was, he was something that, 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 that they would call disciples to come and follow them. It was a really privileged thing to be chosen as a, as, as a disciple of a rabbi. It was something that was happening in the first century through different, different people. And Jesus comes along and he chooses those in society who were rejected. He chooses the tax collector. He chooses a zealot, which is basically a terrorist. He chooses kind of the outskirts, the fringes of society, and he says, come and follow me. This was an, these guys never made, they almost made it, if you want to call it, to grade seven. Okay, so they weren't kind of super educated. They went straight into their father's trade. And Jesus comes along and says, listen, follow me with everything. And it was an absolute privilege. So these guys literally dropped everything to follow this rabbi. And I, I love what it says. He goes before them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And I've, I've said it briefly earlier, but we need to learn to hear and discern the voice of God above everything else, above the noise. We've got uh, construction. We thought we moved into a peaceful place. They decided to build six different apartment blocks around our, where we live. It's just, it's fun. Anyway, I'm still dealing with that. I've had, I've had visions of me going and burning down buildings. But uh, I won't do that because I will be in jail for a very long time. And uh, that part we must take out of the recording, if that's cool. Um, <laughs> just in case it does burn down, then they got proof that it was me. Um, but we, even, and I just, uh, for me, I, I put these, these kind of noise-canceling earplugs, I know I'm a bit of an old man. And I put it in and it was just like, there was bliss and I was, it was peace. And I feel like we need to, we need to have those noise-canceling earplugs in our ears when we spend time with Jesus. And we need to just just push away all of that stuff for 20 minutes. If you don't answer an email or answer someone who's on your, who's on your case for some work or something, it's not going to kill them. And um, it, says here, it says, yeah, they follow him because they know his voice. And it says, a stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And so often I think we follow the voice of this world. We let, and this is, they said the sheep doesn't know a stranger's voice. I think even as a church, as their church, we so easily follow the ways of the world instead of Jesus. And we need to realign our hearts back to Him. And I love this part. Verse 10, which I've read already. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that means that there's this life of God that God wants us to walk into. But the enemy wants to come and do whatever he can to come and steal away that life. It says, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Just the meanings of the words, life. The state of one who is possessed with vitality. The absolute fullness of life real and genuine. We can only find this in Jesus. We can only find this if we surrender our hearts and we can only find this if we choose to step into following the Spirit. And the word abundantly means special advantage or more than expected. And I can tell you, Stalin and I, we've walked through valleys, we've walked through tough times, but we have seen the abundance of God over our lives. And I'm not talking finances, I'm talking friendships, I'm talking provision in times where how much, if you've got nothing and God provides in the moment, whether it's food, whether it's uh, someone got me a car, like when it's stuff like that, you like it just blows away because it actually just shows that the, the Father is good and he's not distant and he's not far off and he's actually close and he's walking through the tough times with you, but he also brings an abundant life with you. And I feel as a people, Psalm eighty four says that that, that people who set their heart on pilgrimage, obviously to Jesus. It says they pass through a valley of Bacar, which is the valley of weeping, weeping, of crying, and they make it a place of springs. I feel that as if we set our hearts on Jesus, the Bible's clear that when we go through tough times, we can make those tough times actually good. That God is building stuff. And and that's the amazing thing about being a follower of Jesus, that even in the bad times, there can be good times. What an incredible thing. It's like you're going through the worst time. Actually, what God is doing is molding your character. I think, Cool. God's going to mold my character. There's obviously something greater that he has for me. Galatians 5.25, it says, since we, are, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I love what it says in the message. Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads, or, or sentiments in our hearts, but work it out in its implications in every detail of our lives. And I've really, already been going for 25 minutes, and I don't have a lot of time, but I've got three points, and I'm going to probably come back to it again because I don't feel like I'm going to do it justice. But the first point, if you're taking notes, is be with Jesus. And that, for me, simply comes down to a few things. And you can take notes here silence and solitude. I got this from a guy, John McComas, who I don't know Danae, you've been listening as well, i Bruce. So, silence and solitude. And he, he goes to a place where he says, Jesus had practices that, that he did on this earth that helped him to connect with the Father. And we need to have those same practices. So, first of all, silence and solitude. It says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. If, if Jesus, the Son of God, incarnate, needed to spend time alone with His Father, how much more do we? Living by the Spirit. So first thing, prayer, and in brackets, fasting. Taking time to dedicate a time of prayer to to find Jesus. First of all, on, on our daily rhythms, we need to have times where we're spending time alone, where we're either waiting in silence or praying, and don't always just come with questions. Just say, God, I'm here. I love you. I worship you. We learned about prayer a couple of Months ago, the reading of scripture again, it just molds you. The word is a, like a double edged sword, it, it cuts between the bone and the marrow, it changes us, it molds us to become more like Him. Hearing the word preached, uh, it's the Bible's clear that when, when the word is preached, we have faith to walk out things. We need, we need to have the word of God, so that's why community, that's why church, that's why it's good that you come because we hear the word of God preached and the word of God changes our lives. Being in community. And that is obviously Friday, midweek groups, barbecues with your friends. But, but get, it says they devoted themselves to fellowship. Now, the word fellowship means kinonia and it means, it means basically community with a purpose. It's not just hanging out for hanging out's sake. It's that we hang out together because we're part of renewing the earth back to God's original plan. And to see people saved and love Him. And obviously, a, a key one for those of you who are workaholics is take a Sabbath have it this some amen, come on, um, have that day off, have, if you can't get a day, some of you work six days a week, which I think we need to just pray that that stops across this whole city, um, and if you come to church Friday, I mean, we went to Israel a couple of years ago, the Holy Land, and uh, we, we, I think, I don't know, I think this Shabbat is maybe Friday as well, it's Friday, it's Saturday, Saturday. And we, so we arrived, I think, Friday night, Saturday. We, we get into our, uh, the lift that's taking us up to our hotel room, and literally every, it stops at every floor. I think we're like the 20th floor. Because they, they, they so do not want to even do any work, that even pushing a button, okay, I'm not saying let's get that far. But let's take a moment where we legitimately switch off. Because that is God's pattern. God, it says that God re- rested on the seventh day. God didn't need a rest. He was setting a pattern for us to follow. We need to have those moments where we switch off. It's just you and your family and you hang out and then you can restart the week again. Because otherwise we always feel like on our back foot. I've let a, a whole lot out there. The second thing is we become like Jesus. And the more we spend time with him, the more of who he is infuses into who we are and we start to look like him. Um, I slowly got back into gym this week. I say slowly because if I went any harder, I may have passed out. And it was just, and I I wish that it could be, okay, I've just eaten everything I saw for three weeks over Christmas and New Year's. Literally did not hold back for anything. It was bad and I've repented of it. And uh, and I wish I could go to gym once and then I've just done like, Whole, like an intense session, I wake up the next morning, I'm skinny, I've got a six-pack, I'm ripped, and I'm ready to go have a, a speedo day on the beach. And it's, uh, it's not going to happen. It's a process. It's a process of getting fit. And I think to become and look like Jesus, it's a process that's going to take our whole lives. And if we understand that, if we just spend time with Him, and there's lots more I can say around spending time with Him, but it's, it's learning to practice the presence of God. Brother Lawrence was a, was a monk in the 15th century, and he learned how to, he used to wash dishes. And he became famous for someone who had lived in a total communion with God. And he says that, 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 that continual prayer is something you can't explain to someone until you've done it. And I want to challenge us, and I have daily moments where we have quiet times with God, key but let's learn to pray throughout the day. Let's, let's learn to love on him throughout the day. It's not about behavior modification, although I would love that. It, it automatically happens when we start to focus eyes on Jesus. It's not, it's not just about that, but it's about completely changing our lives to him. And, it's, and it, God, it says, uh, I think it's, I'm, I'm, I don't want to misquote, but there's a Bible verse uh, and I, I didn't write it down, I just thought of it right now, but it says that God takes away our heart of stone and gives us a heart of flesh. And I think that's, that, for me, is what's becoming like Jesus. It's, it's, there's a, 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 biblic, um, a, a word that's a sanctification. It's becoming more like Christ in our daily walk. We live in a time where everything is instant we go to McDonald's if our burger's not there in three seconds we freak out if, if, if we have a bunch of I think there's shame <laughs> no worries um, we live in an instant generation I think we need to learn that these things take time God takes time on us because he's working eternity into our hearts <laughs> one baby it's like one baby starts and they all go that's cool number three you can all stand for this. I, I don't have time to get through all of this stuff. Number three, we need to do what Jesus did. The worship team, if you wouldn't mind coming up. <clears throat> you won't be able to take notes here, but you can even on your phones, but it's Ultimately, God wants to lead us. If you look at the Israelite people, he took them from a place of slavery, 40 years in the desert, and he took them into the promised land. God is wanting to take us as individuals into the promised land that he has for us. It starts at salvation. It took, starts when Jesus and when Moses came and he was a, a Jesus-type figure and he take, took the Israelite people out of slavery and into freedom. It took 40 years for them to work out the stuff in their life. That's the sanctification. But there's a promised land over every single person standing here. I love what Paul writes. He says, My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. God's main agenda on your life is to have Christ formed into your hearts. There is no other agenda. He, he could honestly care less sometimes about your career. I know that sounds, probably sounds wrong. But he cares about you becoming more like Jesus and as, as, as that starts to happen, every, the Bible is so clear in, in Matthew 6.33, it says that seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to you. Jesus wasn't lying when he was saying that. He says, if you just set your heart on me, set your heart on the pilgrimage of Jesus, I will bless you with ev- absolutely every single thing else. I've got a list of things that I feel is God's kingdom work that he wants all of us to eventually walk into is preach the gospel, make disciples, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, eat and drink with people that are far from God. We do justice in all of its forms. We're we peacemakers, we're serving, we're praying, and we prophesy. prophesying. That is what Jesus did. So whatever you find yourself, Johnny is a, a, a financial advisor, that's Secondary to the thing that God has called him to be and he's called him to pray, prophesy. And that's not going to happen all at once. I remember when I first started out in following Jesus and realizing that, that this is not just for me, uh, sorry, it's not just for the pastor to do, but it's for me to walk out too. I remember preaching the gospel for the first time. No one got saved, okay? It was horrible, but I stepped out. Someone forced me to do it. Church is not about being slick. It's about us actually being raised up into be the body of Christ on this, on this planet. I remember clearly, the, I was probably about 18, 19 years old. I was kind of called to go and uh, preach at a, at, a, at a youth thing, at a school. And I just messed it up horribly. I just walked out there. I wanted to crawl deep into a hole. I'm saying this because we all need to start somewhere. I remember the first time that I, I tried to cast out a demon that might freak a little bit of you out, but it's real. Uh, we eventually had to call the pastor who, the church that I was in, Mike I and he had to come and finish the job because the two of us didn't do it properly. We didn't get beaten up by the demon, but we didn't do it properly. I mean, we, we were like, it was, it was pretty scary. The guy was talking in different voices, and we we're like, ah, we didn't know what to do, and like, I'm just like, I'm like almost standing behind the other guy, and I've got my hand on his shoulder, and he's praying. And the point is, God is wanting us to step out and do his kingdom work. And it's going to come when we quiet. First of all, let's go back to what I was talking about. We quiet our hearts before him. We, 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 we learn to abide in the vine, John 15. It says, those who, who try to do anything apart from me can do nothing. Jesus doesn't put much confidence in our flesh, but he puts confidence in what when we step into him. And we understand that in and through Him, we are called to change the city, called to change this planet. Acts eight. I want to read this over us because I want to just have a little bit of time of waiting on the Father. Before we sing, before we do anything, we're just going to wait. It says, It says, But you'll receive power but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you, say me, will be my witnesses in Dubai, say in Dubai, in all the Middle East and to the ends of the earth. I've been given the task from God of preaching in this church not to entertain you to raise you up as followers of Jesus. They never called. There was only three times in the, in the, in the New Testament that Christians were referred to as Christians. So often we think as we give our lives to Jesus, we've got our ticket to heaven, we live and do what we want, and God doesn't expect a thing. We've missed the point of what God is actually doing, that he's calling us to bring heaven to earth. He wants to partner with you and me as feeble as we are. There's a scripture in Acts that says, it says they they noticed that they were unschooled, ordinary men, but they noticed that they had been with Jesus because of the boldness and the courage that they carried. And I want, I want to do a, almost just a, a cry to our hearts this morning. Is that Can we just wait a moment on Jesus? Can we be almost foolish enough in a good sense to believe that His word is 100% true, that if we wait on Him, He will renew our strength for this coming year? Not just for myself, but to see a nation and city change. My heart cry for every single person standing here is that you connect with Jesus. And as you do that, He'll mold you to look like Him. And as you begin to look like Him, you'll begin to do the things that He's called you to do. God sees the person inside of you that you're destined to be. I really feel, just before we wait, just God wants to deal with insecurities this morning. And I'm not even going to ask you to put up your hand because I think it's largely to do with men. God has called you, mandated you of your husband in the home to lead in the home. He's called you to, not, not in a way that's overbearing and, and lording it over, but it's in a way that you lead your family to Jesus, into the purposes of God. So Father, let's just bow our heads. God, I just, this morning, I break any form of insecurity that's over anyone here. Men in particular, but it could be absolutely anyone. I just, it was so clear when you were speaking, God, just that, that you want to just come and you want to bring your boldness. I thank you, God, that each person has been given a unique gifting and call.